0: a New Testament scholar, and a leadership coach. My goal on Leading & Learning is to help you live your best life. Thanks so much for joining us today. Welcome back to Leading & Learning. This is episode number 366. How can you start a small groups program in your church? Part 2. So last week, we talked about the importance of having some type of small groups program in your church, and obviously, different churches call them different things. We call them connect groups, small groups, life groups, um, cell groups, uh, house churches. Even some some Christian communities use their Sunday school program as their small groups program. That's great, Uh, especially in a more traditional church. This actually tends to work out very, very well. But the, the 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 question for uh, for most churches is what kind of groups are we going to have? Are we going to have groups that discuss the sermon? Those are great. It it gets the the pastor's message in deeper into people's hearts and minds when you discuss it during the week. Um, is it going to be curriculum based? A book study? A Bible study? Are they going to be social groups? There's actually nothing wrong with having connect groups that just build relationships. Now, I encourage you to have some spiritual component in there, but it doesn't have to be anything huge. And when you have these social groups, they actually create a great door for people who don't go to your church. It's a great way to invite neighbors, coworkers, whatever, to come and hang out and meet people. And it's a great entryway into the church. So, so there's many different types of groups. Um, then we talked about the requirements for leading a group. Who can lead a small group? And if you didn't listen to this, I encourage you to go back and and, and and take a listen. But my encouragement to you is don't make it too difficult to lead a small group. You know, I've never had a pastor say, and I know pastors and work with pastors all over the world, I've never had a pastor say, listen, I've got too many leaders, I've never had a pastor say, you know, I've got more leaders than I know what to do with. I'm going to have to just give some away, give some to another church. I've just got too many leaders. In reality, it's just the opposite. Pastors are dying, crying out for leaders to help them with the work of the ministry. Leaders who can lead small groups, leaders who can lead departments and service areas of the church. Every pastor needs more leaders. Well, A small groups program is probably one of the best, if not the best ways that we've found to develop great leaders for your church. So I encourage you, don't make it too hard. Make it easy for someone to lead a small group. Uh, Make it easy for someone to thrive in that, and you will just be so appreciative um, down the road because you're going to see some great leaders rise up. Um, after leading a small group so today I want to jump into uh, part two we're going to talk about how do I grow how do I build my group you know sometimes we think obviously if, if, if you've got a Sunday school class or you only have you have a smaller church and maybe you only have two or three groups uh, well you know this is this is easy to grow the group the, the choices are limited but in a bigger church you um, you know, we have really, during any given semester, we, we, we may have, you know, 60, 60 connect groups going at the same time. And for a much larger church, that's not many, but for a small church, that's an awful lot. So you think about the, 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 the nature of that. How do you get people to come to your group? If you put it on the website, mm, there's no guarantee anybody's going to come. In fact, I'll probably tell you they, they probably won't. The way people come, the way you get people to come, the way you gather people to your group is you invite them. And we've found that if you invite 10 or 12 people, you'll have maybe two, three, four show up, which is actually pretty good. And, you know, we always want to go back to our example. How did Jesus do ministry? Well, he invited people. He, 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 he built a group around him of, of the 12, and then there were more around those. But, but it all came because Jesus invited people. You see him going by the, the 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 Sea of Galilee, inviting Peter and Andrew and James and John, inviting Matthew. Now, everybody he invited didn't come. Remember the rich young ruler? He invited him to join them. He turned him down. So, but we see Jesus making the effort to give the invite. So, for you, this, and especially if you're 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 more of a conservative, introverted, shy type of person, this is hard. But this is where you have to practice stepping out of your personality. Um, You can't hide behind the fact that you're shy or an introvert. This is where you have to really play the extrovert, at least pretend to be outgoing, so you can invite people to your group and, and see it grow. So how do you grow your group? How do we learn to gather people like Jesus did? Well, first of all, we have to have a vision and a plan. What are you going to do with your group? If you just say, hey, come to my Connect group, and and somebody says, Well, what is it about? What are you going to tell them? Well, we're going to be studying a great book called Out of the Cave by Pastor Chris Hodges. He talks about his bouts with depression and anxiety. And, you know, he was a he's a pastor in one of the biggest churches in America. And he's very honest and candid. And you know, after COVID and the last couple of years, a lot of people are dealing with these things. Well, what I just did was gave you a description of a group that I'm going to be a part of leading in the fall. So you have to be able to give them something. If somebody says, if you say, if you invite people to come to your group and 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 you don't have anything to give them, if you don't have anything to, to tell them, why would they come? Why would they come? Part of leadership, remember we're talking about developing leaders here, part of leadership is casting vision. So how do you cast vision? Well, we're going to be studying a great book. You know what we're going to be doing? We're going to be... Um, Uh, doing a Bible study. We're going to be going through the gospel of Mark and every week we're going to come together. And so, so this next week, what I want you to do is I want you to read the first chapter of Mark. And when we get together, we're going to discuss it and see what God is speaking to us. We're going to look at a little bit of the history. We're going to look at why this gospel is important, but we also see what, what is God saying to me today? Or we are going to study a a topic? We're going to study a subject. We're going to study um, discipleship. What does discipleship mean? But you're giving people a vision. Or you may say, listen, my group is a fitness group. You know, we need, we all need to be more fit. So we're going to meet at a park every Wednesday evening at six o'clock. And we're going to walk for an hour. And while we walk, we're going to have some great conversation. And we're going to build relationships. So, What I've just tried to do is give you a little bit of an example of how you want to sell somebody on your group. Give them a vision. Give them a plan. Tell them what it's it's going to be about. And then as people come, it's your job as the leader to create the right atmosphere. You create the right atmosphere. And the atmosphere that you want to create for a small group is positive, faith-filled, and fun. Listen again, you want an atmosphere that's positive, that's faith-filled, and it's fun. People should be able to come and have a great time. Um, they should leave with a smile on their face. They should be encouraged and built up. I mean, you know, Lord knows how, how depressing it can be um, in our society today with so much negativity in the world, on social media, everywhere you turn. So, to be able to come to a, to a meeting once a week or once every other week and to be um, surrounded with positive people and a faith filled atmosphere and a place where they can have fun is what you want to create. And that's your job as the leader. People are attracted to this kind of group. We also want to create an atmosphere of discussion rather than lecture. Sometimes, and I'm, I'm a teacher, look, this is hard for me. I love to teach. But what I'm learning more and more as is, is, is the years go by, in a small group setting, lecture is never the right way to go. Because if I'm just talking and people are just listening, there's no interaction. And I want to create interaction with people. And so a great discussion group or great connect group leader knows how to facilitate discussion. We know how to ask the right dis- questions. Of course, you're going to share about whatever it is that you're talking about. If it's the Gospel of Mark, again, we you might give a little bit of a, a an outline of what that chapter and the things that Jesus is dealing with and a little bit of background, but that should never be more than just a few minutes. And then you're leading into your discussion questions, asking good questions, but you also want to make sure that everyone gets a chance to be heard. If somebody comes to a connect group and they don't get a chance to talk, they don't get a chance to interact, they don't get a chance to at least answer a question or, or participate, really, why are they there? You know, and so I think really it's important that we try and pull people in and and generate uh, great discussion questions. And so this is a this is an art. It definitely takes some, 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 some training, some, some, some learning. To, to. It's a practice to develop these questions and then know how to use them. But I promise you the rewards will be absolutely incredible when you find your group is interacting with each other. They're, they're, they're answering the questions. They're sharing their insights. You're asking follow-up questions that go even deeper. And you're pulling people out of their shells. Out, out of their shells. So asking good questions, making sure everybody's heard. Next one, how do I grow my group? you got to have great food. You know, people will come for the food. They come for the fellowship too. Don't get me wrong. I'm being a little facetious. But when you have great food, they're going to come back. Uh, one of the, the, the small groups in our church is, is mostly um, folks that are in their 60s and 70s, maybe some even a few older than that. And they meet every Saturday morning, and they have probably the best food. Uh, every now and then, I get invited to speak at this group, and you know, it's it's all. I know I'm going to get a great meal. I probably won't have to eat the rest of the day after hanging out with these guys because it's great food. Uh, one of the groups that my wife and I led for a few years was we had a themed meal every group. And it was always fun. It was like you know, bring your favorite Asian dish, or pr- bring your favorite Mexican dish, or bring your favorite Italian dish, or you know, we even did German night a few times, which is absolutely amazing. And I, I apologize if I'm making you hungry, but um, the the these nights, these themed food nights, we were we'd be packed out. Our this group we met for 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 a number of years, and people still talk about getting together and. Um, the studies we were doing and the relationships we built and the, the great connections we made, but they still remember the food as well. So, so great food will help you build your group. Don't go away. We will be right back. I just wanted to let you know this episode of Leading is Learning is brought to you by my book and my video course, Miracles and Mark. You know, we're talking about small groups. We're talking about how to build small groups and how to make them successful. Well, if you're interested in having a great study, a great um, discussion-based group built around the Bible, I encourage you to click on the link for these resources. Miracles and Mark is, is my study of all of the supernatural stuff that we find in Mark's gospel and what it meant. The chapters are short. Um, I, you know, I purposely did it that way because I wanted people to, to be able to take this and use it as a Bible study resource in their own lives, but also in a small group setting. And so then I want to step farther. I created the video course for Miracles in Mark. It's got, I don't know, 20 or 25 short videos in it. And I say short, probably talking 10 or 15 minutes these are a great lead-in for your discussion so um, the the course is video based there's there's other material on the the video course as well to help you other resources there to help you lead it but this is a perfect tool for your small group Um, show the video introduce some of the discussion questions and you know really it, it, it the work is done for you so by all means click on these links Check them out. I know they will help you. All right. Well, just a quick recap. We're, we're talking about how do you grow your group. Um, you, you've gathered some people now, they're coming. So, how do you grow your group and how do you make it, how do you make it become successful? And I and I hear the spiritual people out there going, well, it's not me that makes it successful, it's God. Well, that's true. But I promise you, <laughs> you can. You can say God's going to make it successful, but if you don't do the, the, the little things that we're talking about here, it's not going to grow. So we talked about having a vision and a plan. What is your group going to be about? Um, we talked about creating the right atmosphere. It's a positive, faith-filled, fun atmosphere. We talked about great food. I mean, how practical, you know, can we get here? We're talking about building your group. Well, if you've got great food, people will probably come back again. So the next one, contact, 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 text, email, Facebook messenger, phone calls, whatever, get into the habit of contacting the people in your group regularly. You know, I think it takes when, when, when a small group, you know, if you run them on the semester system like we do, um, you know, if they're not just like eternal <laughs> small groups, um, it takes a few weeks for people to kind of get grounded into that group where they're, you know, is this really my group? They might even be trying out two or three at the same time to see which one, and they may go to two or three. That's fine. But, you know, what I've found is the people that you reach out to to connect during the week outside of the meeting, you send them a text, say, hey, listen, I was just thinking about you this morning during my devotions and just just praying for you. Hope all is good. Have a great week. That's a light touch, light contact but you're helping you're letting them know that you're as their connect leader that you're there for. Them. You're also there to um, you know if there's something going on in their life if there's a birthday, if there's an anniversary um, mentioning these things um, you know I mean look people aren't used to that. you sure don't see it in most workplaces. So in the connect group, You know, when you guys meet, and all of a sudden you pull out a birthday cake and start singing "Happy Birthday" because you saw on Facebook that their birthday was a couple of days ago. Wow, how great is that? They're going to be blown away that you've done this for them. But also, everybody gets cake, so it's a kind of a win-win situation. But remember also to be there with them during the sad times. Somebody has to have surgery. If there's a death in the family, you know, one of the things we, we 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 do in our church and so many churches like ours is. We push pastoral care down to the connect groups. Um, a senior pastor of a large church is not going to be able to deal with every crisis. And it's not fair to ask them to, but the connect leaders can. The small group of leaders can. If there's a death in the family, if there's um, someone going through a tragedy, a divorce, some, something, relational issues, problems with their kids, by all means, let your pastors know. They need to know that there's an issue, but you handle it. Um, or get the next level up of pastors to help you, but be there. You know, we've, in our connect system, you know, when there's somebody going through a crisis, you know, we're the ones who are bringing food over. We're the ones who are going to the hospital. We're the ones who are really trying to be the hands and feet of Jesus because we're how they're connected into the church. So contact, contact, and contact. Here's another good one. You want to grow your group? You want to gather people? Get into a habit of talking to new people at church. You know, I, we, we, I, my church is very friendly. People love to reach out and meet new people. But, but I'll be honest with you, as a consultant, when I go into churches, this is not the norm. In fact, I, it's very sad. Most churches, when I go, um, people just aren't talking to anybody except maybe their friends. It's a a sad state of affairs that the church, which is the house of God, the community of God, the Christian community on the earth, we're some of the most unfriendly, at least that's what it looks like, people on the planet. We should be the most welcoming place on earth. When people come in, if you don't recognize them, there should be two or three people heading over to shake that person's hand. Um, You know, people should be tripping over themselves to go meet someone who's new. And I and and, and and I'm tired of hearing people say, well look, that's just not me. I'm not friendly or I'm 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 not outgoing or whatever. Well then change. Then change. Um, you can't hide behind your personality and if you want to be the Christian God's called you to be, you've got to be outgoing and you've got to be um, looking for people to meet. Because how are you going to meet your connect group? How are you going to get people in your connect group if you never meet anybody? So meet new people. Strike up a conversation. Um, you know, at some point, invite them to your connect group. Uh, look, a lot of times people are just waiting for an invitation, especially in our church where we talk about connect groups all the time. It, you know, I've heard, we've actually had people say, yeah, I heard you talking about them, but I didn't know if it was like a special club or it was something secret or, or what. And, and then once somebody invited me, I thought, man, I've been invited to something special. So, you know, get into the habit of meeting people. All right, two more. Stay with me. Two more tips to help you build your group. Encourage your group members to serve in different areas at your church. Let your group members help you build your church. You know, you should have people in your in your group that are serving in different areas. They may be serving in kids. They might be serving in hospitality. If you've got a cafe, maybe they're serving there. The parking lot team, whatever, wherever it's at, have people serving in different areas of the church, and then have your members, have the, the, the members of your connect group inviting people. Encourage them to invite their neighbors, co-workers, whatever. We, we shouldn't have to do the work ourselves. Remember, we're, we're trying to, to raise up other leaders as well, so encourage your, your, your group members to invite people. Um, learning to serve is part of the discipleship process, but so is learning to invite. Learning to invite is part of the discipleship process. Last one, last one. Spend time with your people apart from the group. Meals, coffees, we've already mentioned phone calls and texts. Those are kind of light contacts, but look for opportunities to hang out with people. And look, I get it. You're not going to be best friends with everybody. That's, that's unrealistic. But you should look for opportunities to hang out with people in your group. You know, maybe you During a semester, if maybe you got a group of maybe two or three couples, you invite each couple to go out for dinner separately. You know, it makes them feel special and gives you an opportunity to get to know them a little bit better. And who knows, you might even find a couple that's as passionate about this as you are, and they might want to help you lead your connect group next semester. But spend time with people apart from your group. So... Let's just, let's just do a quick recap of what we talked about today. you got to have a vision and a plan. You've got to create the right atmosphere, great food, contact. Talk to new people at church. Can't stress this one enough. Talk to people and invite them to your group. Encourage your members to help you build it by serving in different areas, inviting their friends, and then spend time with people apart from the group. I'm going to stop there. I hope this has been helpful if you've got anything to add, by all means, go to davidspell.com. Leave me a question or a comment in the comment section for today's post. While you're there, make sure you sign up to get my free newsletter so that you can stay in touch. I've got some great stuff that I'll be letting my, my uh, members, the, the people that are on the mail list, I'll be letting them know as the year progresses. Got have some great trips lined up for ministry and some of the international stuff we're doing around the world, and I love to keep them in the loop. Well, friends, thanks for being with me. We'll see you next week on Leading and Learning.